We're going, we don't need roads. Hop into the tracking the draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. <laughs> plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. Craig, we are taking a trip back in time. You teased me with the words Hobie Baker Award. I really am excited about today's time machine. Okay, so should I start with the time machine player or should I start with the player I'm going to compare him to? Let's start with, let's go back in time first. Okay, I'm going to take you back to what draft year was it? 19, uh, 1994, I believe. It was a 1994 NHL draft. Well, a lot of people knew about this player. A lot of people knew about this player from a different sport. How do you like that one? Mm. He, uh, he won the Little League World Series as a pitcher for Fairfield, Connecticut. Chris Drury. <laughs> and <laughs> when you watched him play, you know, you, you, you know, you've asked me a number of times, and we've talked over the years, Dean, uh, and you watch players uh, you know, for a long period of time. And you look at players and you go, okay, what's your weakness? What's your glaring weakness? What, what, what areas do they have to improve in? So when you watch the game, and if you just wanted to look at the, at the skills of Chris Drury, he wasn't big. He didn't have a hard shot. He didn't dazzle you with his stick handling. He wasn't a, a fast skater or an explosive skater. But as you continued to watch games and you continued to watch Chris Drury, he was always in the middle of everything positive happening. Everywhere on the ice, he, 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 was, he, he was a catalyst for all good things happening at, at every point. So you sit there and go, oh, how did he end up being a third-round draft pick? And, you know, well, it's because so much was put into the evaluation of the skills. And Chris is the perfect example of these two things, that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I mean, what he put all the things together, you know, he great competitor. And, 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 and exceptional hockey set and dialed in at every moment in time. And, you know, the, the other part of that too was every, every team he was part of, he made better. Every player he played with, he helped bring out the best in that player. And, and those are qualities, you can call them intangibles, you can call them whatever you want, but they matter. And they're really, and that's what Chris demonstrated. So he wins the Hobie Baker with BU. He comes into the National Hockey League. Rookie of the Year wins the Stanley Cup. I traded for him in Calgary. He immediately made our team better, and, and he made everybody around him better. It wasn't—he he didn't have this big, you know, outlandish, brash personality. He just went to work, and you could count on him every single day. I will tell you this, Dean, and this is just a Daryl Sutter took over for me as general manager, and he traded Chris Drury. It was a big mistake. And I'll tell you what—I have the firm belief that Calgary would have won the Stanley Cup in 2004 if they had Chris Drury. And I'm going to tell you why. They never had an answer for Brad Richards, who mm. was the Smythe Trophy winner. They were able to match Conroy up against Le Cavalier. They did not have the player to go head-to-head with Brad Richards. I think if Calgary has uh, Chris Drury, they win the Stanley Cup. That's my opinion. I'll leave it at there. Now, 
I've, I've waxed on about Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Farrell of the Chicago Steel. And I'm telling you, Peter Fish, his agent, uh, we were at the, uh, at the USHL Fall Classic in September. And I've watched Sean. He played two years with that fabulous 01 group with the National Team Development Program, Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield, Alex Turcott, that entire group. And uh, we're, we're at the tournament, and so I met, I met Sean's dad. And Peter says, he goes, you know, Craig, does, does he remind you of Chris Drury? And I looked at Peter, and I said, I had never thought about it until you just mentioned it. And so how I just described Chris is Sean. Play him left wing. Play him with the top player. Play him here. Play him there. He makes everybody better because he's so exceptionally smart and he's so exceptionally competitive. And you, you, you start to look at Sean, oh, he doesn't do this, or he's not tall, or he doesn't have this blazing shot. But wherever, you, wherever he plays, he's on top teams. Wherever you play him, he helps those players be better. And I'm going to be straightforward with you. Uh, like I'm going to, I'm going to do a final, final list prior to the draft on October 8th, 9th, 9th, 10th, whatever it is. John Farrell's going up my list because I have, uh, that's the thing as I've evaluated, I haven't given him enough due for the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. That's interesting, and 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 I think that's uh, that's a, a you know there are, there are cases where you know you could talk about well this player doesn't do anything exceptional, and then when you add it up, it's you know it's it's very average. But then there's a player where you're like, he's good, 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 and you add it all up, and you have a um, you know a potential top line player um, in in Chris Drury. Now, where is the future uh, for Farrell? Is you know he, he played in the USHL. What's his next move? He's going to Harvard University. Oh wow! And I think <laughs> and I think for Sean, you know, go, going and allowing allowing that maturation process to continue, you know, will be really beneficial for him. I mean, he's made he made that decision, and that's where that, that that's where he he wants to go and and play, and you know, that'll be close to home in New England and. I think that that's the, that's his next steps, but I think he'll do the exact same thing at Harvard that he did for the Chicago Steel, that he did for the USA National Team Development Program. He'll be a he'll be a really good player, and he'll help the team be successful. And whoever he plays with, he'll he'll he'll, he'll help them be the best players they can be. And and I think that you know when I say help a player be the best they can be, you know that's the complementary factor. And you know, and, and, and it's just about saying, hey, listen, I'm going to give you what you need to be the best you can be. And I, I think that comes down to hockey sense. That comes down to understanding what you have to do to help those uh, other players be better. Chris Drury did it. I think Sean Farrell does it as well. And when you're a team looking at drafting a guy like Sean Farrell, and listen, anything, you know, things can change, but he's, you know, he's going to Harvard, you know, as a draft pick, it's going to give him time to develop. You're not going to be rushed uh, to sign him until he's ready to come out of school. That's really enticing. I would think from a, a hockey organization, having that flexibility with this prospect. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the vast majority of players need that time to mature and to grow and develop. And so he's going to get it. I mean, Teddy Donato is a really strong coach at Harvard. They have a really good program. And, you know, for, for Sean to go there, the, the other thing I would say about Sean, Sean's played with top players. He played with Jack Hughes and Cole mm -hmm. Caulfield and Trevor Zegras and all those top players. He's played with top players with the Chicago Steel. So playing with top players isn't something that, 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 that puts him – kind of in awe or intimidate them or anything. It's like, I belong here too. I know what my job is and I know what I contribute. 
but I'm important to this team, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna show you my importance not only by what I do, but in how I help everybody else be good and ultimately the team be successful. Sean has that, and I and that's what Chris Dury had. And and I think it's important something you said there too uh, as we wrap up is that you know I know what I'm good at. Uh, you know, the, you know there, there's a there's a problem when a player tries to do too much and gets out of uh, um, you know what they're good at. Um, you know the, the the what's the the saying uh, when a crusher tries to be a rusher he becomes an usher or something like that. And yeah, that's um, the thing. You know this is a you know it sounds like this is a guy who's like yeah I know exactly what I'm good at. I'm going to do that. I'm going to compliment the players, but I'm not going to try to go end to end top shelf or whatever it is yeah and just because you did it at younger ages right, right. And like you know dean you and i if you've seen it players that were taught like the nhl drafts players that have been the top players at the levels below them but now you're going up a level so understanding what you are what your skills are what your attributes are how you can contribute are really significant you know when i was with nhl teams and we would work with young players we would try to talk to them about okay and we called it your calling card What's your calling card? You know, on, on, on your business card, you know, it says uh, Dean Millard, president and CEO, right? And, mm. and so, okay, he's the president, he's a leader, this is what he does. Or it says, uh, you know, vice president of marketing, right? And, or vice president of sales. So, you, you, okay, he's sales, he's marketing, okay, he's the overall leader. The same thing with the hockey player. What's your calling card? What, 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 are the, what are the two or three things that identify you as a player? And, you know, we we sit down with the players. We try to help them understand how we see it. We try to help. Uh, we we would try to understand how they see it, and then work together and try to focus in uh, to to really zero in and hone in that area of their games that they can make uh, and establish themselves in. And that's why we call it the calling card. And I think that that's what players uh, have to know. And there's a lot of players that because they were one thing at one level, they never figure out what they need to be at the next level. And that's why they don't make it. A hundred percent. Great stuff, Craig. Hockey is back pretty soon. We're going to be watching five games a day and we're going to be still tracking the draft. Have yourself a great weekend. I will have a great weekend. You have a great weekend also.